Hello and welcome into the new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is being brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped, which I'll tell you about more on later in the podcast. Today is going to be a very interesting show, in my opinion, because today at practice, which today is Tuesday, it's about 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time from when I'm recording this, but Michael Malone spoke today. In addition to Mason Plumley, um, Nikola Jokic spoke. I spoke to Malik Beasley. There's quite a few people who had an opportunity to speak today. But because of that, it seemed like there was a lot going on, so it kind of slipped through the cracks. But Michael Malone, his frustration with Nikola Jokic, and whether it was with the question that was asked, which I would be very surprised about, or Nikola Jokic himself is still up for debate, but there was a lot that went into Michael Malone's frustration with talking about Nikola Jokic's aggression and how he feels it's an extremely simple situation for them to deal with, but for some reason it just really isn't. So I want to get into that dynamic. I want to talk about why it's important that Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic are on the same page, what unique qualities Nikola Jokic has, and how the Nuggets can try and find a way through this process. Because right now, they're not getting the best Nikola Jokic. Michael Malone seems very clearly frustrated. There have been other players, you know, Jamal Murray specifically, who have spoken about how Nikola Jokic has not been the Nikola Jokic they need, and it's become an issue that needs to be discussed. Um, in addition to that from practice today, I want to talk about Gary Harris and Paul Millsap's availability. We'll talk about how the bench unit is feeling like they're finally starting to come back together and how the Nuggets feel like they're getting closer and closer to being back to the team that they think that they can be. Then in the second segment, I am going to talk about the 76ers game that is coming up tomorrow on Friday when the Denver Nuggets host Philly for what is going to be a very interesting game. Um, I'll talk about how, uh, you know, again, the availability of Millsap and Harris, what matchups to walk for or watch out for, specifically Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid. We'll talk about what changes if Ben Simmons does or does not play. We'll talk about the Nuggets bench unit versus the 76ers bench unit. And then if the Nuggets will have an opportunity to take a step forward to getting back to the team that they were. So like I said, it's going to be a pretty interesting episode. Lots to talk about, lots to get into. Lots of, um, it's going to be kind of speculatory based because it's very difficult, especially how it pertains to Nikola Jokic and his relationship with his coach and where he is at mentally. There just aren't enough facts to build concrete statements, but these issues have been you know, developing long enough that they have to be discussed in some form. So I'm going to do use what I can, take the clues that have at least been revealed to try and at least paint a picture of what you may actually see um, for what is going on with Nikola Jokic and what I may think it actually is. So we're going to take a quick break here in a second, but first I got to give a shout out to the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. Without them, my voice is all you'll hear and no one wants to hear that. So thank God we got some grimy East Coast beats to make it sound a little bit better. So go follow Regulators Regime on Instagram and go reach out to them for any of your audio production needs. We will be back in a second to talk about practice today. Holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. 
gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size, so he looks casual and sharp. It can be very difficult to find good-looking, comfortable, but professional clothes when you are shorter, stubbier, not just the normal 5'11 kind of guy. So when you're trying to find those exact kind of measurements or something that's just casual, so you're not always tucking in your shirt, it's difficult to find. But that seems to be going away with Untuck It. They have more than 50 plus fit combinations. Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. That way you can find the perfect fit for yourself. Plus, you can find your favorite Untuck It style online and check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores to actually get your hands on the material itself. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style for your own self, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. about this Nikola Jokic Michael Malone situation and how things played out today at practice. So let me just kind of set the scene. So everybody's at practice, media's there watching things kind of happen. We had just gotten done talking to Nikola Jokic. Um, I was actually not there for Nikola Jokic. I was speaking with Malik Beasley about the bench unit, so I caught very little of it, but it did not seem like he was very engaging. There wasn't a whole lot of depth to the conversation, which Nikola Jokic is not usually sharing that with media. He's not the kind of guy to go on sermons like like you know like Will Barton does. So that's expected and normal. So there was nothing new or weird there. So Michael Malone comes to start doing his press conference with the media as he does for every practice. So Malone sits down, literally, it's about a six and a half minute interview today. For six minutes, Malone's fine. He's happy. He's jovial. He's, you know, cracking jokes that someone calls him a sage basketball mind and he thanks him for it before answering the question. Like Malone was very charismatic as he always is. Then the last question he took, not because it was the last question allowed, but because once he finished answering the question, Michael Malone had ended the press conference immediately, was from Harrison Wind of DNVR, which it was a good question by Harrison. I don't think there was a need for Michael Malone to go off about the question itself and the way he did, but more on that in a second. So Harrison Wind of DNVR asked Michael Malone about Nikola Jokic's aggression because it had been a talking point over the past week or so, which is exactly what needed to be asked because Nikola Jokic is the franchise player of this Denver Nuggets team. He has not been aggressive enough. He has not been the best player that they need him to be. He has not been anywhere near an MVP caliber player. He has not even looked like an all-star necessarily right now. He has not been the guy the Nuggets expected him to be. So naturally, the media is going to be curious why he isn't. With Nikola Jokic, like I said, not being ultra-engaging with the media or ultra-reflective about what is actually happening, it makes sense that the media would go to Michael Malone, who had said three days ago, and when I say three days ago, I mean literally three days ago at practice, Malone said, I understand Nikola Jokic. I know what buttons to press. I know how to get through to him. I know how he thinks. And that's paraphrasing, but that was the idea. So now... 
fast forward, he gets asked a question about Nikola Jokic, and Michael Malone proceeds to have quite a bit of issue with either the question or Nikola, or just having to answer for Nikola Jokic. So I'm going to play the whole clip here in a second because I want everybody to hear it unadulterated. I don't want it to be, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to contextualize his quote, um, you know, by taking out pieces of it and hyperanalyzing it. It was the overall situation that was interesting. Malone basically said that we can't say it over and over again, be aggressive. And when he is aggressive, we're a good team. He was so sick of talking and basically speaking for his star player who has not lived up to what he needs to live up to that he got angry at the, not really at the reporter, but at the questioning that the reporter Harrison Wind had sent to him. So Malone gets very honorary about it, gets very upset and proceeds to end the conversation. So before I go any further, I wanted to just give you the entire part, you know, the, the question and the answer from Malone in its entirety. So here is that from Malone. What do you think of uh, Nicola's aggressiveness the other night? You talked about that a lot, whether it's, you know, getting them around 15 shots or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, this is becoming a, a little ridiculous. Every day we talk about Nicola being aggressive. He's a good player. He's got to stay out of foul trouble when he's on the court. Look for his offense. If he gets double teamed or he puts two on the ball, make the right play. You know, I just can't say it over and over again. But be aggressive. When he does, we're a good team. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, coach. I know it sounds very... Uh, professional. It doesn't sound like there was anything necessarily wrong, but it was the mannerisms. It was the frustration that he showed on his face. It was, and this was really the kicker. And Michael Malone, after the pre- after he ended the press conference himself, in that circumstance, he walked away and said, "Don't ask that question again." Looking at the door away from the media, so he wasn't attacking any individual media. He wasn't trying to go after anybody. It was nothing like that. But what it was 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 Michael Malone was extremely frustrated that he had to answer for his superstar player about his aggressiveness again now that seven games have passed in the NBA season. I don't really know how else to take this. So this becomes a very difficult thing to analyze because there's two sides of this coin. Is Malone frustrated to having to answer the same damn question again, which again was not an unfair question to be asked. It's a question that needs to be asked, but it's also justifiable that he may be frustrated with it. Everybody has bad days. Everyone gets frustrated. Malone gets frustrated just like everybody else on this earth. So was it the fact that Malone was frustrated answering another question about Nikola Jokic's aggressiveness when his answer is the exact same every time? Or... The more troubling option, is he frustrated that Nikola Jokic just won't play more aggressively? Is he frustrated that he has to be stand up in front of the media and answer questions on behalf of Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic won't answer them with this play on the court? Is that the end-all be-all of why Malone is so frustrated? I would make the argument it's a bit of both. I can see why Michael Malone would be frustrated answering the same question multiple times. He has gotten frustrated that about that before in the past, but it has to be taken into account that that Nikola Jokic has not been anywhere near the player that he needs to be, has not been that player, and is not showing signs of becoming that player. So when these questions continually pop up, and Michael Malone is up there taking these questions, and Nikola Jokic continually keeps not coming through on his end of the bargain, and is not playing with that level of engagement and that level of urgency, just the question is, is enough to spark the frustration within him that leads to this kind of interaction. Again, Michael Malone is amazing with the media. This is not Michael Malone attacks the media. That is not what happened in any circumstance. I want to make that very, very clear. Michael Malone is such an upstanding individual 
individual in terms of his professional relationship with us during press conferences and in terms of just talking about random things, beer, hip-hop, whatever it may be. He is just a good person. Like, I really do believe that Michael Malone is a very, very good person at his deepest part of his person. So because of that, I want to make it crystal clear, this is not Michael Malone attacking any part of the media. This is Michael Malone clearly frustrated, and I want to get to the bottom of why he was so frustrated. And really, the only thing that I can think of, other than the fact that he's sick of answering the same question multiple times, is that Nikola Jokic is just not carrying his end of the deal. Michael Malone is doing everything he can to put this team in the best possible position to be as successful as they can be, and they have been. 5-2 and two right now, number two seed in the Western Conference, number one team in the Northwest Division. They've won their division game. They've won on the road. They've won at home. They are doing, like, by on the numbers, they look fine. But the Nuggets have such a higher gear, such a better opportunity, so much more potential than they're showing, and they have not been able to do so specifically because Nikola Jokic has not been Nikola Jokic, despite the fact that the Nuggets have built their entire team with Nikola Jokic entirely in mind. So why wouldn't that be frustrating? Like, I completely understand why Michael Malone and Complete Devil's Advocate as to why he had these thought processes, and and it came out in this way to the media. So... That I found hyper interesting. I'm so now. What does that mean for the future? What does that mean going forward? I think that this also relates to another circumstance that happened last week, which was all of this talk about Jamal Murray taking on more of a leadership role. And if you heard me talk about it on this podcast, I said. Jamal Murray has been pushed into a leadership role prematurely because Nikola Jokic will not accept it himself. That is what looks like is playing out in real time, and that has the potential to lead to a power struggle. If Nikola Jokic will not accept the leadership role, is not going to be the aggressor as the primary option on offense despite being the best player on the floor against basically every team in the NBA why wouldn't you start looking to get Jamal Murray more involved as the focal point? And I'm not saying it's the right answer or the wrong answer. I don't know the future. I don't know what can play out in the next couple years. I don't know what will play out against Philadelphia, which we'll talk about here in a couple of, you know, in the next few minutes. But why wouldn't you try? Why wouldn't you see if you can somehow make Nikola Jokic the Robin to Jamal Murray's Batman? I'm not saying that's happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that now it's a possibility when it was not a possibility before. And that's worrisome. Not because Jamal Murray's not a talented player. Not because he can't lead. But because Nikola Jokic is a transcendental player. Nikola Jokic is the greatest passing big man of all time. A three-level score. A gigantic body with just the most beautiful footwork in the post possible. With an altruistic mindset. Like, those are the kind of players players that you can build championships around if he has the mental mindset and he does not right now and I think that is why you saw Michael Malone boil over a little bit with the media today when asked about his aggressiveness I don't want to continue hammering this because we don't have enough information to really get a great read on what is exactly happening but again like I said in the intro this is an important discussion to have now it's a discussion that is needed to have now maybe Nikola Jokic averages a triple double for the next six games and this discussion means literally nothing from that point forward but right now on no- on November 7th Thursday at 3 10 p.m mountain time this is a very important discussion to have and I think it's one that we're going to continue having down the line all right moving on Gary Harris and Paul Millsap went through almost all of practice today Gary Harris and Paul Millsap are not on the Nuggets injury report Paul Millsap had a headband on today and was smiling ear to ear this is after he was posting selfies with a Build-A-Bear talking about the scars he has on his face looking like Harry Potter I am very confident in saying that both Paul Millsap and Gary Gary Harris are going to start and play and be 100% going into the Philadelphia game. 
The only reason I want to bring this back up, other than just to yell about the fact that they're healthy, is the fact that this Denver Nuggets team... They have been injury-prone in the past, particularly Gary Harris, but it seems like a lot of players come to Denver and get hurt. So you have Paul Millsap comes to Denver, has a freak wrist injury, then he breaks his toe, then all of a sudden he headbutts Justice Winslow so hard that his head splits open. It just starts, you start like wondering, like is this kind of the, the new iteration of Nug Life? And then Gary Harris, who has had foot injuries, ankle injuries, hip injuries, groin injuries, injuries in the lower extremities of all kinds, has an ankle injury. There was so much concern because of the style of those two injuries, the randomness of Millsap's injury and how correlating uh, Harris's injury was to his previous injuries. But this is a big sigh of relief for everybody because they are both going to be fine. They are both going to play. They are both going to be ready to go against Philly. That is not something that was necessarily expected, but very much so encouraged and happy to see. I, I don't think anybody expected both of them to be literally not even on the injury report, but neither of them are on the Nuggets injury report. So very good things for the Nuggets. It does mean that we're not going to see as much of Jeremy Grant with Nikola Jokic, which I really, really, really want to see more of. But still, Paul Millsap is as important as anybody not named Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray to this Denver Nuggets team. So it's very good to see him back. And Gary Harris is starting to get a little bit more of a rhythm to his game. Defensively, he's been a terror this season. He has been such a good defender. So to have both of them healthy and good to go is very good. And they were both in very high spirits today. Like I said, Paul Millsap up with smiling ear to ear. Gary Harris was walking around with Jeremy Grant pretending to be his PR manager and making sure that whoever was going to ask him questions was okay to ask him questions. Everybody was in a good mood, it seemed like today. But like I said, Michael Malone was not. But still, Gary Harris and Paul Millsap being healthy are very, very good things. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about briefly from practice today is that it feels like the bench unit is starting to figure their shit out. They feel like they're getting comfortable with, with each other um, once again. I had spoke with Monte Morris last practice three days ago. Um, I spoke to Malik Beasley today at practice. And we also spoke to Mason Plumley. It really is starting to seem like this Denver Nuggets bench unit is coming into form. And really, the only thing that's allowed them to come into form is that they're finally hitting shots. They're getting the same shots they've always wanted to get. They just weren't falling. Now they're falling. Also, um, I'm going to be writing on this. I spoke ex exclusively with Monte and Malik. Those are the two conversations I had, but in those conversations, it became very apparent that the Nuggets bench unit really likes to switch everything defensively. And it's allowed them to be very good containing defensively. It's allowed them to have players go in and out of the lineup without any kind of miscommunication because there's a lot less communication to have defensively when you're switching so many things. And the addition of Jeremy Grant on this team defensively allows the Nuggets to do more switching like that. So... A couple other just interesting things that had popped up throughout the day. So um, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what to watch for against the Philadelphia 76ers. in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It can be difficult as a guy to find the right way to go about making sure everything down below stays nice, neat, and trimmed. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's disgusting. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deal 
deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorants on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Very interesting game. It's a battle of five and two teams. Both teams were at the upper echelon of the respective conferences. You have Joel Embiid, who was the runner-up for um, All-NBA last year behind Nikola Jokic. Also is ranked behind him in most ranking things. I don't know. I don't even know that ranking stuff. It just seems important to a lot of people, so I include it. But um, there's a lot of connections here. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of... There's really a lot of reasons for both of these teams to get up for one another, specifically Philly to get up for Denver. I was thinking about this the other day and actually talking about it today with with Kendra Andrews of The Athletic. Right now, it seems like Joel Embiid is trying to check off every single center in the Northwest Division as a player that they punked and then proceeded to tweet slash Instagram about. He has already belittled Hassan Whiteside. He's done it to Yusef Nurkic. He's done it to Hassan Whiteside. He's done it to Rudy Gobert. The one player he hasn't done it to yet, Nikola Jokic. And that is something that I am nervous about. But regardless, that's a lot of speculation. There are some important things. Let's talk about just on-the-court matchups, especially for the starting units. I'll talk about the bench unit separate as as its own entity in a bit. But the starters and the way they match up, even with the Nuggets being healthy, is kind of completely terrifying. I don't know what the Nuggets are going to be able to do against this Philadelphia team unless Nikola Jokic decides to finally be Nikola Jokic. So look at it this way. Paul Millsap is going to struggle with Al Horford. Al Horford, 6'10", one of the most savvy guys in the game. The one thing Paul Millsap has going for him is that he played so long with Al Horford, but Al Horford is just kind of a better defender and a better offensive player and bigger than Paul Millsap is. So that's going to be a very tough matchup for Paul Millsap, but it's going to be a matchup that Paul Millsap takes to heart, I think, because again, they played together for so long in Atlanta that it's going to be a fun game, a fun matchup to watch throughout tonight or throughout the night. But I do expect Al Horford to get the better of Paul Millsap on both ends of the floor. Um, on the other end, it's not sure if Ben Simmons will play yet. It looks like Raul Neto will will start if he does not. Um, but if Ben Simmons does play, he'll be starting at point guard, which means that Gary Harris is probably going to have to take him. Like, that's just the reality of what Gary Harris has to do in terms of what he brings to the table. He is going to defend the opposing team's best guard because Jamal Murray is not going to be able to defend Ben Simmons. I don't think they should even try that. I think Gary Harris will give them a better opportunity to be able to deal with Ben Simmons than Jamal Murray does. What that does mean, though, is that Jamal Murray suddenly now has to check. um, Josh Richardson is a very, very underrated offensive player, and if you sleep on him, he is going to beat you. Jamal Murray has had, let's just say his mind tends to, you know, wander a bit on defense. He will have incredible moments where he is locked in. Like, when you go back and watch his performance against the Heat and against the Magic, he was so good defensively, but... 
Josh Richardson is six foot eight, six foot nine, playing shooting guard, hitting forty percent of his threes. Who has a point guard skill set? Who is going to be able to get downhill and attack with a whole lot of athletic ability and a whole lot of length? That's a whole lot of reasons Jamal Murray is going to struggle. The other side of this is that one of Ben Simmons or or um or Josh Richardson is going to I keep wanting to say Jason Richardson. Josh Richardson is going to have to defend Jamal Murray. That means Jamal Murray is going to have a hell of a time in this game. That is just so much size to deal with and they both have the ability to be extremely disruptive defensively and Jamal Murray has shown that he still is growing in terms of dealing with heavy on-ball pressure so that's a very nerve-wracking situation in its own right the other side Will Barton trying to defend six foot eight six foot nine Tobias Harris is also going to be extremely difficult Tobias Harris is strong man his post game is not used very often but he is viable in that situation so Will Barton is going to be very undersized defending Tobias Harris Jamal Murray will be undersized defending Jason Richardson. Paul Millsap will be undersized. Josh Richardson, Jesus. Um... Paul Millsap will be undersized defending Al Horford. All of these things are going to come into play. Gary Harris on Ben Simmons. This is going to be difficult. The only thing that the Nuggets are going to have in their favor is that, and not even in their favor, that could give them a saving grace is Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. That matchup will be very interesting. If Nikola Jokic can pull Joel Joel Embiid out of the paint by hitting threes and being productive and being somebody that you can't let out of your sight or out of arm's reach at any point, that will allow the rest of the Nuggets off to at least function on a better level, trying to get through all the length and defensive impact that that entire starting unit of the Philadelphia 76ers brings. So Nikola Jokic has to be great in this game. If the Nuggets want to have any chance of coming away with a win, Nikola Jokic has to be great. Otherwise, I'm it's going to be hard to not look at the game as a fluke. I mean, that that's really what this comes down to. If Nikola Jokic isn't great, Denver's almost assuredly going to lose this game. Sure, Jamal Murray might have 50. Sure, Ben Simmons might not play, which changes the equation. But if Ben Simmons plays and Nikola Jokic is not great, Denver's not winning. That's just really where I fall on this. Um, when it comes to if Ben Simmons will or will not play, I have absolutely no insight into that into that conversation. That is something that is just going to have to wait until tomorrow. It does seem like Raul Neto will end up starting at point guard if he does not play which means Trey Burke will come have to come off the bench, which Trey Burke's not a bad player, just you know, another guy. So it, 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 they do lose a lot by not having Ben Simmons, but Raul Neto can shoot and is a very smart player. So that would help Denver quite a bit, but it won't make it to where Denver would be favored in this game, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, Nikola Jokic has to be great against Joel Embiid, who probably wants to come out and be great against Nikola Jokic because everybody seemingly continually puts Nikola Jokic above Joel Embiid in their overall player rankings. I'm not saying I disagree with that, I think Nikola Jokic is the better player when he actually wants to play hard, but that does not mean that Joel Embiid has not read every single think piece about why Nikola Jokic is better and had circled this game and wants to kill him now when they come out and play. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Nikola Jokic handles that game. Is he going to be assertive against a guy who is overly assertive in his own right? Is he going to take it to heart and really attack and be that aggressive individual, or is he going to be the, the Nikola Jokic that has been present throughout most of these seven games, where he's just been more passive and not looking for his own shot and disengage from the rest of the team. I really don't know, and only time will tell when it comes to that one. Let's talk about the Nuggets bench versus Philly's bench, because this is also something that I find very, very interesting. Philly's bench is not that great. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad, and they're going to have to stagger some guys, which will make it more difficult, but they are essentially running a nine-man rotation where they have their starters, Al Horford, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Joel Embiid, and then behind them you have Matthias Teibel, who I love. 
Oh my God, do I love Matthias Thybul. He is going to be an elite perimeter defender in this league for the next decade. He is so, so good on, off-ball, team scheme, and isolation. Whatever he may be doing as a defender, that dude is fucking fantastic. I love what he brings to the table for Philly. But still, not a great offensive player. He can add some spot-up shooting, things like that. Um... Better defender, Tory Craig, worse offensive player. That's the way to look at it. Much better defender than Tory Craig, though. You're talking about him in the mold of a Robert Covington in time. That's how good he is. Um, but still, I digress. He's good, though. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Mike Scott is out there. Raul Neto, if Ben Simmons plays. If not, probably Trey Burke. And then Furkan Korkmaz, who has had a nice resurgence to his career. Much to my own happiness. I have always been a big fan of Furkan's game. So... To see him finally playing well after having, you know, quite a bit of ups and downs throughout his, you know, start in the league. It's very good to see him playing well. But overall, I mean, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee is a better lineup than those four with any of their starters. So it's going to be interesting to see how that bench unit goes. But if the Nuggets don't win the bench battle, it is going to be very difficult to win this game. The Nuggets need that bench battle because of how mismatched they are with their starting unit against Philly's starting unit. Really, the last thing I'm looking for in this game is just, are the Nuggets going to get back to playing Nuggets basketball? Because I have no idea. I don't... This team is such an enigma to me right now because Jamal Murray is still Jamal Murray. Gary Harris is still Gary Harris. Shots just aren't quite falling right now. And they're starting to fall more, but Nikola Jokic is just not involved in it. I don't really have a great way of analyzing exactly what is happening for this Nuggets team yet. And that's because we don't know what the hell is happening with Nikola Jokic, their best player. If Nikola Jokic becomes their, gets back to who he was, Denver will be fine. If he doesn't, it'll be more of the same where Denver has to win ugly and with defense. And right now... The Nuggets just need a good Nikola Jokic game, and not just a good moment, not a good half, not anything like that. Nikola Jokic needs to play 32 minutes without foul trouble of good basketball for all 32 minutes because it's been a long time. It's been since the playoffs. There has not been a game this year in which Nikola Jokic was strong from start to finish. Full stop. He had that triple-double with 12 assists or whatever it was earlier this year, but even then, it was almost all in the second half. He had 15 points and 8 rebounds in the fourth quarter against Portland, so... I don't see it yet. I, I really hope this Nuggets team gets back to playing their brand of basketball. But like Mason Plumley told me today at practice, the Nuggets identity may end up becoming a defensive identity, not an offensive identity. So if that's the case, that'll be just as revealing as if not to see if Nikola Jokic takes control of this team or if he continues to let the rest of his team pick up the pieces that he left behind. So that's all I got today. Thank you to everybody who's been reaching out, telling me the podcast has been getting better. I really love getting those kinds of responses. It's really cool to see that people are noticing that the podcast is improving, is getting more consistent, is going to be around more often. Uh, Keep subscribing, keep leaving reviews on iTunes, keep leaving five-star ratings. All those things help me so much. Keep sharing it on social media, media, yada, yada, yada. That stuff helps more than you know, so please continue doing it. But until next time, this has been the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, and I will talk to you guys on Friday night after the Denver Nuggets take on the Philadelphia 76ers.
Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.